Welcome to History for All of You. Yes, what are we doing now? Um, I've got a bit of indigestion. Uh, well, maybe we shouldn't do anything about food or drink. What about the holly in the ivy, which is uh, actually a little bit sexy, don't you? Well, we? I mean, this is the thing. Is our audience ready for some festive sensuality? Really hope so. I mean, if you've stuffed a turkey and managed to show love to the whole family, surely at the end of it you do want to perhaps get a little Royster Doistry. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yes. doesn't really happen in our house, but that's because we have so many round. I mean, we have the nieces, we have the step-nieces, we have the nieces-in-law. Uh, there's a nephew, but he's very quiet anyway. And so, uh, yeah, everyone's a bit busy, and I'm a little bit tired by the end of the day. And then there was one night when uh, Helena's father accidentally trapped me in the loft, which was a little embarrassing, especially as no-one noticed for a few days. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, um, this is about the holly and the ivy, you see. A little bit of folklore. I know you're a big fan of folklore, aren't you, Doug? Well, anything that gets sort of into the realms of fantasy and all that kind of stuff really, really, really gets me going. I don't mind telling you. It's, uh, it's, a, it's an exciting, exciting thing. So what have you got for me now? So there's the holly and the ivy. The holly, the male. The ivy, the not male. Oh, Shall I start with the holly? Oh, yes, please do. Yes. I suppose it should be ladies first, but I've, I've done my notes as the holly first, so uh, excuse me, ladies, for uh, a lack of politeness. So, um, holly. Long been associated with folklore and legend, actually, uh, mainly because it's an evergreen plant and it has blood-coloured berries, you see. So there's already a lot of symbolism there, even if you don't uh, actually know what a symbol is. And bloody hurts if you catch yourself on it, like a, like a sort of middle-class aloe vera, or like a, a aloe vera's little brother, you know. Uh, but it's not as good for your hair, I don't think. Um, so druids, before uh, before Jesus, or before they, people knew about him over here, they believed felling a holy tree was dreadful bad luck. Sorry to interrupt you, but for the well, benefit of our listeners, who were the druids? So the druids were some uh, wizardy-type monkey people. Not When I say monkey, I mean like monks. They weren't like simians. Um, and they uh, liked stone circles, um, they didn't like the Romans much, and uh, a lot of them moved to their holiday homes in Wales uh, for the, most of the Roman period, I think, before drifting back to, uh, I think, Highbury and Islington. They, they liked to sort of hang out a lot, so uh, that's the Druids. So they, yeah? Did they build Stonehenge, or am I thinking of... Um... I'm thinking of... Who am I thinking of? No, it was them, wasn't it? They did that. They, they built all that, that lovely henge. Yes, that's right. I don't know if they contracted it out some, uh, to some sort of like plumbers or some builders that they knew. Um, but yeah, they, they were the cause of it, I, I think. But nobody really knows. I mean, you know, we just don't really understand it except for the uh, winter solstice thing. But what we do know is the Druids did think felling a holly tree was bad luck, but taking a bough, which is a large branch, so when we festoon with boughs of holly, we're talking about... So large... you mean a bough's in a buff? Uh, yes, that's right, yeah. Enough buff. That's what they want. Not um, not boughs in cow or boughs in bow tie. Okay? I understand. So uh, if you hung your uh, large bough uh, in your home, then sylvan spirits or fairies... You see, I th- I don't think there's enough enough press about fairies. Um, I I think I saw one once at the end of the garden. He was I was um looking out of the window. I was doing the ironing because I had a dress shirt I needed to complete for a dinner. 
and and I looked out of the window. There was a little little chap at the end of the garden. It may have may have been a squirrel, but I I like to think it was a fairy. Oh, I um I've never seen a fairy, uh, and I don't really see how they're going to protect you particularly well. Just tiny little people with with very delicate wings. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you, I suppose you could use a badminton racket and just ping the little fairies at somebody who's come to attack the house or something, but I don't I don't really see how useful they're going to be, unless you've got a swarm, I suppose. But if you had a swarm of fairies... Yeah, well, maybe they're gifted at, um, at close combat. I mean, you just don't know, do you? Like little ninja fairies? Yeah, little ninja fairy. Imagine that, Imagine because they're stealthy, aren't they? I mean, no, no, one, can, no one hears them come or go. So maybe that maybe if they could use the element, oh, I don't know. I think that- the element of surprise would be enough. Wouldn't it be like a hummingbird where you'd hear like <laughs> coming over as they as they tried to creep up on you? Well, uh, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose if they did kung fu and they could turn your own weight against you, it would be useful. But otherwise, I just don't see how fairies could protect you from uh, very much at all, really, except for other fairies, maybe. Well, that could be it, yes. And then during Saturnalia, the Romans hung holly in their homes as well to help with agriculture, fertility. There it is. Not the first time I'll mention it. And uh, the harvest. Now, if holly with smooth leaves was used, the woman of the house would be in control for the year ahead, which obviously the Romans thought was, um, was quite bad news. But men would rule if there were pricks, you see, and harmony would ensue if it was a mix of pricks and smoothness. Well, I think it's safe to say that it's a lot of smoothness in your house, isn't it? I mean, that's okay. I, I've never been a particularly prickly person. I, no, I don't no. really shout except about pasta. And uh, and even when I drive, I'm more likely to weep at uh, other people's awful driving than actually start shouting at them. Even if they leave fog lights on. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't actually shout at people. No, you're a very agreeable man, Hugh. Thank you. That's very nice of you to say. I do actually try... Uh, so Pliny uh, tells us that holly... Uh, elder or younger? The middle one again. Right. Uh, if holly's planted near a house, far from the sea, it uh, repels haddock, it defends the house from lightning, strip lighting, witchcraft and stitch work. Um, holly flowers can just cause water to freeze immediately. So they didn't actually need freezers then. That's why they didn't invent them until much later. The wood of uh, the holly tree, if thrown at a squirrel, would make it lie down next to it on a small towel as if sunbathing. Which, ah! Uh, you, you don't see that often now. No, but this lends to my theory that maybe that, that the, uh, the squirrel was a fairy. I think your squirrel was a squirrel. <sighs> I think you're right, you know. I really wanted it to be a fairy, you know. Could your squirrel fly? Well, it left quickly. Could the squirrel fly? No. Did it jump? With a furry tail across trees. Uh, yes. It was a squirrel, wasn't it? Probably was, yeah. I don't want to hurt you too much. But... No, I'm sorry. Right, so uh, many whips used by coachmen were actually made from holly branches uh, because Hollywood is impervious to pricks. Well, I would, I, would, I would question that when I watched last year's Oscar ceremony. <laughs> oh, I say. In their dicky bows. Absolutely. Holly's also very useful in romance. Here we go. Buckle down. Strap myself on. I mean, in. Uh, So, a man who carries a bag of holly leaves and berries will have a better chance of attracting a woman despite holding a misshapen bag in his hand and the obvious prick hazard. I think every woman needs to be wary of a prick hazard whenever someone's trying to court them. I've never courted anyone with a misshapen bag in my hand either. No, no, no. Well, maybe you were missing out. Maybe you would have, uh, you know, had more success. 
when we were, you know, at student days, if you'd wandered around the college holding a misshapen bag in your hand. I I can't bear to think of an alternative to Helena, to be honest. I mean, oh dear. Um, So, an unmarried woman who places a holly leaf under her pillow will dream of her future husband and she'll wake up with a face scratched as if by Randy Goblins of the Hammersmith flyover. And then, ready this one, a gift of holly to newlyweds bestows a blessing for a happy and fruitful marriage and also enables the newlyweds to describe the gifters as a tight git who ignored the John Lewis gift list. See? You see, we have those gift lists for a reason. And I think anyone who just decides to just abandon protocol in favour of some sort of impromptu, off-brand gift really deserves all they get. And you can end up with more than one salad bowl, way too many towels. But that's fine. You can never have too many towels. And and a salad bowl could be a fruit bowl. It could be a place to put your keys um, or more fruit. What about decanters? I suppose you'd you'd give it to the homeless, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd probably go down the shelter and give them some decanters. Because, I mean, who, if, if there's one thing the homeless need, it's a decanter. You know, drink, drinking all that stuff on a bench, it would be just nice if they just decanted it, let it breathe, you know. Wine in a box, wine in a decanter. They'd probably feel a little more classy. And you'd be doing your bit for the community, Hugh. I think you're right, yes. That's a very good point. Well made, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. So all of this sexiness about Holly... Um, the Christian churches wouldn't allow Holly in the church. And uh, despite what uh, like the Christmas crackers may have taught us, Jesus did not wear a paper crown when he carried the cross to Golgotha. No, he wore a crown of thorns, which some Christians believe was made from Holly, see? Oh. And so with that excuse, the churches stopped kicking against the pricks, as Paul says in the King James Bible, and allowed Holly inside it's much better and it's much better for it isn't it because it's so austere in these churches too much stone not enough not enough foliage you know not enough heating either bloody cold aren't they well that's just to remind you that we are penitent before the lord you know if they put in lots of comfy pillows and and a sofa and a tv you you would be distracted wouldn't you from praying you know before before the lord god almighty i suppose so yeah 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 i thought it's just because Grannies don't shed much heat. Um, So, just to finish up on Holly, Holly uh, continued to be uh, well-favoured entering any sort of church or place of worship until uh, Phil and Holly at the uh, Queen's funeral. But that has less to do with the nativity and more to do with that very important religion nowadays, queuing, Okay. Mm. Right, I'm going to move on to Ivy now. This is the female plant to the male holly, and another symbol of everlasting life and resurrection. Uh, the, the BBC Countryfile website, which I find very, very good for uh, a lot of my historical research, tells us that ivy is now seen in a friendly light, oh. uh, which I actually find quite odd, because I've never been particularly friendly with any sort of plant or grass or shrubbery except for a um, except for a money plant that I've had since my student days that just refuses to die no is matter that, what I do to it. Is that the same really. one? The one in, in the windowsill yeah, in the hall? Is that the same one? Blimey. Well, we've had to move it into the spare room because it took up too much room, actually, and so we don't really have a spare room anymore. We just have a giant money plant room. But you're in the spare room, I thought. We've got more than one spare room, luckily. Oh, that's good. Uh, so in Hereford, Cornwall and Hampshire, 
one would uh, write each family's name, each family member's name on an ivy leaf and then leave them overnight in a bowl of water. And any leaf that turned coffin shape meant that person would die first. Oh. Yeah, it's not, it's not particularly Christmassy, is it? All nice. All, all very... Um, it's not a very scientific approach either, really. Well, I would argue Christmas isn't very scientific. No, I think you're probably right. Christmas is not scientific. No, 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 no. We, we've established this in some of the earlier episodes. There's very little scientific rigour upon any of the things associated with Christmas, apart from maybe the length of time you need to cook a turkey. Oh, yes, yes, that's a good point. Yeah. I think scientists are still allowed to celebrate it, though, aren't they? I think they are, but they have to get a licence from the government because it compromises the belief system in Jesus and, and, the, and the, the stable and all that. But I don't know. I mean, it's people can do what they want behind closed doors. I've repeatedly said this um, to, to anyone who will listen, especially my neighbour. Whatever you do, just keep it behind your door. Yeah, like I do with the uh, the Chinese money plant. Absolutely. Now, in Surrey, in Surrey, growing ivy on the outside of the house means damp or subsidence. You see, which uh, which I don't think that's down to folklore. I think that's more down to some very porous brick. Um, but there we are. In Northamptonshire, which is home to Carry On Boobogler Jim Dale, uh, Morecambe and Wise victim and medallion sporter Des O'Connor, and washing up liquid beauty Nanette Newman. Ivy always has to be countered with the beneficial holly um, because decorating your home with ivy alone brought bad luck in droves. I don't know what a drove is. I just copied that down. Probably quite a lot, though. I think a drove is a lot. I would, I, I, I'm not sure either. Maybe some of our uh, listeners can write in. But I think it, uh, I, I welcome some enlightenment on what a drove is. I don't is. think it's like a kilogram. You can't buy, like, two droves of sugar, can you? No, no. Maybe it's a drive. It's the past, you know, like a driveway. So maybe just your driveway oh, fills up with bad luck. But it, it happened in the past, so you, it's your drove. Well, let me try it. Hang on, let me try it. Ivy had to be counted with the beneficial holly. Decorating your home with ivy alone brought bad luck up your driveway. See, that makes oh, perfect we should, sense. We should study English instead of this nonsense. Uh, but uh, it does go back further than 1970s uh, celebrities, actually. Uh, the Greek god Dionysus, also known as Bacchus uh, for the Romans when he went on holiday, uh, was associated with ivy uh, in many images that he's uh, draped with it and uh, it came to symbolise sexual desire. I think it's because it's quite clingy uh, and so Dionysus would use the ivy to uh, cling to people and drag them under his spell, um, which, uh, which is quite rude, I think, really. And then uh, in ancient Rome, ivy was used as a crown, but not as punishment, like holly, because obviously that scratches, but as a reward for, like, winning a poetry contest. That's, that's the one example I've found. So I, I don't think they wore it for very much, except for poetry. Well, they, they love their, their sort of, you know, leaf-based hats, don't they? If it's not, it's not ivy, it's, it's, it's laurel leaves, isn't it? I mean, they just... They, they... I suppose in Roman times you could all, you could be you know the, the local sort of flower seller and a milliner gardener, a milliner gardener. Yes, absolutely. I think I went to um, to school with the milliner gardeners. So uh, there's also the Romans also believed that wearing ivy around the head could stop you getting drunk, 
And I can actually say that I tried this recently and it did work because they refused to serve me in the king's head and nobody would buy me a drink either. So I did remain quite stubbornly sober, actually. So, yeah, uh, just to round it all out then, basically the evergreen quality of holly and ivy represents fortitude through the winter months. And we all need that, don't we? We certainly do, Hugh. Thank you so much for enlightening me on what had hitherto just been dismissed as just some festive garnish. Now I realise it has a profound meaning that reaches back through the sands of time. And uh, talking of which, our time is up. So uh, we'll be back with another um, another festive uh, episode, et, um, which I've decided to call it. Until next time. Ciao for now. Enjoy your smooth pricks. Bye. This podcast was produced, written and performed by Adrian McKinder and James Devonshire with music by Mike Jones. If you enjoyed what you heard and you would like to hear some more, you can hear some more where you found this one. Thank you.